Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Straight Red. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Ross, and with me, as always, the only person ever to get a ship to crash into a building, Alex S. Kibler. Alex, how, why, when? <laughs> I don't even... A ship? What? A ship? You crashed it into a building. You know what I find interesting about ships? I don't. They're really heavy. That's... that Really? That's the thing. No, but they float. They're heavy and they float. Someone needs to explain to Alex Kibler the basic principles. I can explain to you how buoyancy works. All right, do it. It's displacing the amount of weight of water. So basically, as long as a boat can displace the, its own weight with, in water, in a volume of water, it can float. That's how buoyancy works. Well, there's works. the answer to your rhetorical no, I know. question. I know, but it's kind of amazing because they're heavy. Do you think the same thing about airplanes? Heavy? They're heavier than air. They are, and I find that also amazing. What about people walking? <laughs> <laughs> they're not heavier than air. <laughs> no, but some of them are pretty upright? heavy, how though. Let's be upright? honest, though. How do they stay upright There's with some two that legs. I'm wondering, how do your legs do that? I'm not Isn't sure. Isn't it impressive? Some people are resilient. Goodness. The Gold Cup continues to uh, happen. It continues does. to happen. It very much does. So on the positive side, yeah. U.S. undefeated in the group stage. Yeah, seven points. Seven points out of the group stage. I found it funny that they referred to it as the group of death, as if any Gold Cup could group could possibly be the group of death. In order to have a group of death in the Gold Cup, both the U.S. and Mexico would have to be in the same group. And that will never happen, so therefore there will never be a group of death. There will but, never be a group of death. that being said, Honduras plays well. Panama plays well. There, there are certainly there are passable teams in our group, and so when Haiti, you look at Haiti, it, that, Haiti, Haiti played us pretty well. tough. Yeah, I agree. So when you look at it that way, uh, I, I do think you know we the results have gone our way. We've done decently well, but you look these at the performances, performances. They weren't these great. These were ugly. They these really were ugly. weren't great. Yeah. Now what, people do say that if you're a good team, you can also win ugly as well as you can win pretty. And that, we did win sure. two of these games and came with a late draw on the last. But it didn't give me a lot of confidence, folks. No, it didn't and give and me it a lot of confidence. Give you confidence. I, I think you saw a lot of things happen. I think you you still have a team that Josie Altidore is not up to his full fitness level. He's not playing oh, very clearly. He's playing. He's not playing up to the level that he can. And so much of that direct U.S. attack comes from him being able to hold up play, lay off the ball for other players. But that being said, I also don't think that you've gotten the best performances that you've ever gotten out of players like a Michael Bradley. He's had a good tournament, but certainly not a great not a great tournament. tournament. Not Nowhere a great near tournament. how well he played against Germany, against Amsterdam, and, and against uh, the Netherlands, pardon no, no, me, against in Amsterdam. Amsterdam itself. Yeah. They, they played the city of Amsterdam. It was quite it's, the match. Yeah, I, I bet it would be kind of difficult if you did that. Whole you city. Know, played it, the whole city. Uh, can I say this? Please. There's a lot to talk about the U.S. Yeah. performance, a lot. But with Josie Altidore specifically, yes. he, he's still hurt, and he's not at full fitness. He is. Fitness. He's obviously still he's hurt. He's not at full fitness. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make that as an excuse, because even at full fitness, Josie is still kind of hot or cold as a player. Mm-hmm. But he was called out in a press conference by Jurgen Klinsmann himself about his fitness. Well, we all know that Jurgen is not someone to pull a punch. He's I mean, not. He's he not. will tell it like it is. He in told a discussion. it like it is. He told it like it is, and he sent Josie home, folks. And it's not a question of is he trying hard enough. That's not what he's saying. It's just a matter of he was he he's was not nursing shape. a knock. He's not in shape he's right now shape to right play now. at the level that he needs him to play in. But, but and we'll oh, get to this a little on. bit more. Hold on. 
Strap that means Ginger. that means that Alan Gordon is going to get a chance in this Gold Alan Cup, but we'll Gordon, get to that. We'll get to Alan that. Alan Gordon. So let, let let me say this. Yeah, it says a lot about Concacaf uh, opposition. Yeah, that poor play still gets us wins. A, very much so, and draws. Yeah, a, and a draw. And, and Panama earned that draw. It was sad for them because that actually kicked them out of the tournament. It did, and when you say earned that draw, I'm assuming you mean... They didn't get defeated by the United States. Got away with a foul that should have been a foul right outside the box and probably a red card. All right, all right. And also their only goal was offside by a full yard. It was. That goal was offside. I remember having this text message conversation. I was livid. I was throwing things. I was upset, but I was also at a bar at the time. Yeah, so So you were even more... No, I'd get get kicked out. I'd get kicked out. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're saying that you were in a place that you didn't own the glassware and you wouldn't throw anything? Because they would kick me out. If they, they knew it was you? Out, they would know it was me. Why? I'm sitting at How? The there weren't that many people oh, there. There's your mistake. I was you at Nevada Smith's. Anonymity. Really? And there weren't that many Nevada, people there? There were people, but it wasn't, okay. it wasn't crowded. This game didn't mean anything. We had already won the group by that period of time. Sure. The Panama game. It meant something to Panama. I mean, oh, they, they were they were lot. fighting for it. Yeah. So for you, Ginger, or you... if you're Blas Perez, diving for it. Ooh. I will tell you this, Gingers. Watch out. Take solace in the fact that you don't live in a footballing nation that condones the play that you saw from Blas Perez. Wow. Any FC Dallas fans? No. Hey, and, and I'm not trying to tell you he's a bad player. He's not. He's a tremendous goal scoring talent. He's a veteran. He's wily, and you got to respect him for doing what he does. You got to respect him for understanding when he can draw a foul, when he can embellish something and get a card shown, when he can basically invent. A free kick for his team. You know, that's mm-hmm. what he does. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. He's sly. He's he's difficult to hold on to. He's slippery on the field. He's just incredibly frustrating. But at the same time, what I love about watching the U.S. play, what I love about watching the U.S. play is that if someone gets fouled, they get right back up again. They don't roll around. They don't embellish. They stand up and they get on with play. And you know what? We could very easily... Get more fouls that way. Get more opportunities on goal. Very true. But we don't, and I kind of respect that. I get where you're coming from. Uh, Blas Perez, he plays very well for FC Dallas. He's, a veteran. Say, he's not, a veteran he player. And I'm not play- trying to say he's the worst diver no, I've ever seen. He, but and he's but playing, you know what I mean. He's playing very smart, and he knows what CONCACAF referees exactly. are like. Exactly. And exactly. He, he also knows, because he's a smart footballer. He's been around for a long time. Yeah. He also knows, pound for pound... The U.S. is a better team. Yes. He understands what they need to do to win that match. You need to truly game this match if you're going to be in this match. And I don't hold him against him. That's smart play. I I agree. that's smart play. I'm not trying to say that it's not smart play. It's very good play. play. And and if, if, if we were in the position that Panama was in, I would say that we should do the exact same thing. You know, truthfully, game, game it. You know what I mean? You've got play the game. Any any kind of advantage you can get, you need to take when you're up against a team that player per player is a better team. But that let me say this though, I expected more from Panama in this tournament. I don't think they played as well. Now, when you're in a group with Honduras, I mean, it's going to be tough. But that being said, that being said, Panama. I I expected thoroughly all three teams to get through, but Panama was just sort of lackluster for me basically the entire tournament. I was disappointed in Panama. Remember, Gingers, Panama made it all the way to the Gold Cup final last time around, yes. which we beat them, and I'm sure they remember that. They probably do. Panama 
underperformed in the Gold Cup. I agree. They underperformed. They underperformed with a roster that should have done better. Yeah. I would say roster per roster, they're a better team than Honduras. I'll take that stance. I would agree with that. I'll I wouldn't disagree. That. But the numbers don't reflect that. No, certainly not. The numbers don't reflect that. They, they didn't play to it. Not that anyone in Panama thinks that this was a great performance in the Gold Cup. They do not. Right. Um, I will say this, that Jaime Pinedo still had a great Gold Cup. Mm-hmm. I think Blas Perez had a great Gold Cup. But that's it. And that's not enough. That's not enough to get you through the group stage. So the United States didn't do a dominating performance in the, go- in the group stage that we wanted to see. Right. They did not do it, but more than enough to get out of the group. Jurgen Klinsmann not at all pleased with any performance that happened in the group stage. He did not hide that. He did not hide a single criticism. He made some changes. I think the best word that you could use for the performances is that they were sloppy. It was, it was sloppy. a matter they were of... Sloppy. They were loose. Unforced errors, turning the ball over unnecessarily. It was loose. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't fun to watch. That team, you, you could see them on the field saying... And you, you're sitting there saying to yourself... If this team could just connect a few passes, they could tr- run a train on this team. And when you're watching them play Haiti, when you're watching them play Panama, you just have to be frustrated that there was either, you know, you had players in good positions that they just could not get the ball to their feet because we just passed the ball to the opposition. There were so many terrible misplayed passes. And I also think that I, Jurgen Klinsmann might not know what his best 11 is right now. And he might not know, frankly, what the best positions for some of these players are right now. You know, you have you have him playing Yedlin in the midfield, but you you just brought in Demarcus Beasley. You know, for every wonder goal that our good friend Timmy Chandler, who's salsa here, is amazing. Um, Timmy, for every wonder goal that Timmy Chandler plays, there's plenty of plays where he's out of position. He's playing a poor ball up the up up the sideline. So you, I don't know if he real if he knows right now what his best eleven is and. Therefore, where he puts them on the field, I, I don't. I still think he's searching for that right now. I think he knows certain roles. I think he knows he has to have Fabian Johnson on the pitch. I think he knows he has to have Michael Bradley on the pitch. But beyond that, frankly, I don't know if he knows his best eleven. Watching these games, the let me US say this though, really quick. Aaron oh, Johansson has that. had a great has had a great Gold Cup. hasn't scored, but he's looked really good. He's, he's shown sharp. for the he's ball. Combining well up top with Dempsey, I think that's going to be an exciting partnership. But uh, I think he's had a great Gold Cup. But those three guys, other than that, it's hard to say. This team looked like it was surprised that the teams they were playing against were actually fighting for wins. I agree. Especially the Haiti game. Yeah. Watching the game against Haiti, it was almost like we were surprised Haiti was trying to win this game. And Haiti came with a lot of physicality, which they have to do. They have to. And a lot of these players are faster than the players we have. Yeah. And so they use their speed. Yeah. But what they were, we lucked out. What they lacked was finishing. Mm-hmm. But they had opportunity. They had plenty of opportunity to score goals. They just don't have the technical skill. Maybe yes or no. I don't really know. I don't follow Haiti that closely. But they didn't appear to have the technical skill to finish. I agree. A greater team would. And that's why I get concerned, like many U.S. men's national team fans out there, I get concerned because it gets harder as you go on in these tournaments. Mm -hmm. That's how tournaments work. The competition gets stronger. And from here, it's going to get a lot harder. It's going to get a lot harder, a lot harder. I will say this. Josie got sent home. 
Yeah. Alfredo Morales got sent home. Alfredo Morales, I've yet to see much from him. I defended Alfredo Morales on a previous I want podcast. Him to be great. Uh, he did not have a good showing. He plays well domestically, I believe, in Mexico. But that being said, it's it's. I just haven't seen it. It's it's not been good when he's had the the U.S. shirt on. I haven't seen it. Josie being sent home, I have a lot of thoughts about, and we don't have enough time to go into all of my thoughts about it, but I will say this. I think there's a couple things going on. First, the practical. He's clearly still hurt. Yeah. He's not at 100%. And I think what that means as well, practically speaking, is that you're going to see Dempsey and Johansson up top oh, yeah. to That's start the, start. the rest of the, the rest of the tournament. That's the start. You're going to either bring on a Wando if you have to. You're going to bring on Alan Gordon if you need uh, a late minute. as well. And Zardes as well. Zardes I in. think they're going to find a place to put Zardes regardless. I think he's I think played he might well start enough. In the Wing, I actually. think so too, and I, personally, I'm not the biggest fan of that. But if it means get him on the pitch, get him on the pitch. He's not a great winger. I'm sure he would disagree. Yeah, he's not a great winger. He's a better forward. Yeah, but I think they're going to try to find a way to get Zardes out on the field. I think uh, they have to. All that being said, yeah. All that being said, Josie was not having a good tournament. He didn't look sharp enough. He was missing his turns. He's missing his shots. Missing his chances. Missing his passes. Mm-hmm. So they sent him home. Sent him home. But it's also a message. And we know Jurgen Klinsmann is fond of doing these messages. Oh, yes. That you're sending it both to Josie. You got to be fit or I'll cut you. Like, I'll do it. And you're also sending it to every single player you have. Every player on the U.S. men's national team, you're saying, I have this guy that we all know can be great, and I'm going to cut him anyway. I'm going to send him home. It's a next man up kind of team, for better or worse. Mm -hmm. Alan Gordon being brought in. Interesting pick, because as you know, Gingers, Alan Gordon is, well, he's a super sub, really, for L.A. Comes in in the 60th plus I don't and know, finds goals out of nowhere. I don't know the statistics for this, but I'm willing to bet that he probably, if there's a statistic that is goals per minutes played, it's got to be. He might there. be leading the league, it's to be gotta, totally honest with you. It's got to be up there. It's got to be up there. I just would love it if in the final they bring him on and it's dr- like they're tied with Mexico. And he gets it. And he, went, he, he scores a header it. in like it's a 90 some second. weird header. Yeah. Of course. He does it. A big he also, looping header. And truth be told, he also did that for San Jose. Yeah, it, he It's did. not like this is new for L.A. Uh, and I think that's what you bring him in for. I would be a little surprised to see Alan Gordon start the next game. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him coming in the second half. Run DMB is back. Yes. Now, some folks on the internet, where we spend far too much time, <laughs> yeah. far too much time, uh-huh. are somehow surprised. I don't know where they were a month ago when the preliminary roster came Yeah. Out. I, I, I get what they mean. He retired from international duty. But we already went through this when he came back. All right. And Owen Coyle, a head coach of the Houston Dynamo, was interviewed saying how... Like, it's great that he's being called in, but we, the Houston Dynamo in this case, you know, we have matches to play, and I would rather, if he's going to go, to be after the group stage when they actually truly need him. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So I don't understand why people are surprised. I feel like we I don't were either. told this. I think this this move has everything to do with Fabian Johnson, because I think, I think they want him in the midfield and not at fullback, and I think... If you're basically saying that you're going to have Timmy Chandler at fullback, then you still want Fabian Johnson on the field. And I think that's that's part of this as well. Because I think right, Fabian fair, Johnson, fair, fair, fair. Alejandro Bedoy has been hit and miss. I think if you're talking about wide players, you know, Fabian Johnson is a complete package. DeAndre Yeldon is speed, but he's not a complete package. No. And... Either. 
I, I, I think so that that's thoughts. what it's about. I really do. So okay. we'll have to see. I've got so many thoughts, but let me just say this about Demarcus Beasley. He is still the fastest man oh, on yeah. planet Earth. It yeah. is insane. It's amazing. Watch his Houston pace. Dynamo game, Gingers. This man can outrun anyone. And it's I don't really incredible. It. He's like, I what, 36? Well, I don't know if he's 36, but, but he's so incredibly fast that it's ridiculous. DeMarcus Beasley is 33, pardon me. There you go. He might play in five World Cups. He's playing four he's, already. He's going to play in 2018? He could. If he can stay healthy, if he can keep this pace, yeah. it's worth having a conversation. Bare minimum is worth having a conversation. I agree with you. He's just so incredibly fast. Yeah. And DeAndre Yedlin is also a fast player. Here's the thing about DeAndre Yedlin. I know we have to move on, Alex. We do. I know we have to move on. But here's the thing that I, I've wondered about DeAndre Yedlin. His entire pro career, which admittedly has only been a couple seasons. Right. <laughs> is he really a defender or is he actually better as a winger? His skill set probably leans, uh, lends itself, pardon me, to that of winger. But that being said... No one ever plays him as a winger. No, I know. And, and I, I, I think that he's not quite good enough technically to be a true winger. Like Fair. He beats players with pace, and that's His how he beats them. You know what I mean? right, exactly. so, His passing's not that great. Right, exactly. His passing's not that great. It's better than mine. He's a mediocre defending right back, and he's a mediocre def- uh, passing winger. So it's like, where do you want to put him? His his speed is such that you've got to have him on the field. You have to have him on the field. He, yeah. he can change a game just by how fast yeah. he is. You saw it against uh, against, um, against Belgium. He, it's, he it's almost cr- beat Belgium for us, which is amazing. Just wrap your mind around it. Yeah, exactly. Just wrap your mind around it. I really need to see if he can play in England. I know Tottenham hasn't really put him out there. He needs There's to get rumors minutes. about a loan. To Norwich was the last that I saw. Yeah, he, he needs minutes. I get why he went. I get why Seattle did it. You get like millions of dollars for this. I get that. Yeah, he needs minutes. I, I, if he doesn't get his minutes, it might be it might be time to come home. Not already. I'm talking about the end of this coming Premier League season. Right. If he's not getting minutes, it might be time to, or at least move to a different league. Mm-hmm. You know where I think he would do well? Hmm. The Netherlands. Oh, maybe. I really think he would do well in the Netherlands. I don't know how to say that league name. Is it Ere Divisie? I don't know. We messed it up, I'm sure. What's We're great is that I didn't say anything. You messed it up. I'll get a letter <laughs> from someone in Amsterdam, and they'll tell me it's terrible. Uh, so we've talked enough Gold Cup. We, we certainly have, yes. There were some more domestic... Uh, Titanic struggles this past weekend. Can we get into the highlight, the big headliner? I don't know if the game was the big headliner, but the result was probably the big headliner. There were eight goals in this game. New York City, four. Toronto FC, four. I don't think anybody predicted that scoreline. I don't think they did either. You saw two teams with two strikers, frankly, who are at the top of their game right now, and David Villa and Sebastian Javinko. And two back lines that need some help. Need some help. Wow. Here's, Here's what's amazing about this statistic. Both teams missed a penalty in this match. Both teams. This game could have been six to five. Or, it's worth or seven pointing to out five. those weren't truly missed penalties. At least one of them was saved. Yeah, the, the David Villa's first penalty was saved. There was a Sebastian save. Javinko hit his off the bar. Yeah, there was um, a save. In this. So I mean, it's it, it was a crazy out. match. It's crazy, insane match. Third fastest 
hat, hat trick, trick in, in, in MLS history. And the first hat trick in the history of Toronto FC. What a statistic. Wrap your mind around that. Javinko's worth every single Oh, my cent. goodness. Clearly the best team. Excuse me. P- clearly the best player in MLS right now. This is who they wanted Jermaine Defoe to be. Exactly. And they found him in Javinko, a player I had never heard of. Right, exactly. <laughs> I had never heard of him, but he's clearly a good fit. Uh, what is it, 11 goals for the season? Yeah, yeah. Which puts him in second. I think it's more than that, actually. Well, I think it's I'm pretty sure it's 11. League you leaders. Might, you might be thinking of the Canadian championship. Oh, excuse me. Kai Kamara also. leads the league yeah. with 12. Yes. Kai Kamara is having, somehow quietly, a great season. Yeah. yeah. And David Villa, 10. Kaká, 9. That's what you want to see when it you're is. spending these kind of dollars. When you splash the cash, you should see this. That as... being said, that being said, Columbus crew, hashtag new crew, Kai Kamara doesn't cost anywhere near no. what these players cost. That's good value right about now. You yeah. figured it out. Yeah. You figured it out. Mm-hmm. This game was insane. Now, I'm not saying that it was poorly called, because I actually don't think it was poorly called. There were a couple questionable calls. Sure. But the game as a whole, I think, was a fairly called game. I think the only but one it was that, insane. Yeah, I think the only one really was the first, and, and it was missed, so it, you know, poetic justice, if you will. But Fair. the first penalty that was awarded to Toronto was soft. I mean, it was soft, but you it know, wasn't a bad call, but it was soft. But so was the next one. Yeah, I agree. So was New York's first penalty. Yeah, I agree. Those were both soft. And I do wonder, because people being people, I wonder if that was to even it out. Yeah. I, that I do was. wonder. I, 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 I can't prove it. But I both teams missed four or five more chances. This game <sighs> literally could have had 12 or, or, or 13 goals in it. It was insane. So we, we, we got to break it down a little bit here. Yeah. I know we have a lot to get into. We do. In we have pod, to move. But first of all, Toronto, that's actually a pretty good showing for Toronto. They scored four goals so. away. Getting that, a point away from home is never a bad thing. That's a Scoring good four goals away from home, I and guess you mind, sort of hope you would get the win. But but keep in mind, they were down 2-0. Yeah, yeah. They were down 2-0, walk out of there with a point. Like That's that's not bad. You still have a lot of defensive questions that you gave up four goals. Well, I think it's amazing that you had a, a, a 4-4 match that both teams were mad that they didn't get the full three points. You know what I mean? Like It's, yeah. it's like both teams thought they could have won that match fairly handily. Now, Ginger says, you know, we are in New York, and now yeah. it's Kibler. Is a New York City FC And I try not to talk too much about it, but yeah. We talk about it literally every week. We do. But, but I've seen a lot of New York games. You've seen more. The complaint that I've had for some time is that New York seems to get broken mentally a lot. I agree. That when the going gets tough, they just fall apart. This is one of the few games where they didn't totally fall apart when the situation went against them. Because keep in mind, there's a period of time Toronto was winning 3-2. to two. They, Toronto was winning three to two at one point, and they were winning four to three at one point. New York City equalized twice. They equalized twice, which they would not have done as recently as a month and a half. Ago. I agree. I think they're finally starting to buy into the fact and the belief that they can be a good team that yeah. Jason Christ has instilled within them. It's, it, it, Jason Christ systems. I'm just going to call them systems. They take time. Yeah, they take time, but they're buying in. We're seeing improvement. I'm still going with my preseason pick that New York City FC will make the playoffs. But I don't think they're going to make a deep run. I I would agree with you. Some other scores from this weekend. Philly 3, Portland Timbers 0. Shot scored, hat tip to Philly. You know, here's the thing. Portland was absolutely rolling before this match. Portland Timbers, before this match. Oh, they were doing great. They had taken 18 of the previous 
21 available points. Just that's incredible. That. That's an absolutely incredible run of form. And and they ran into a Philly team that got hot at the right time. And I still think Philly could make noise. The, the East is not strong. They, me, they've taken seven this. points from the last this. nine available. I mean, they're, they're, they, they've gotten results against Seattle Sounders. Which is impressive. A win. They got a draw against the Montreal Impact, and they just beat Portland. They're playing pretty well. They're playing well against good competition. They are, yeah. I know that that's good competition. They had to travel a long way, but they're still playing well. And just to illustrate how terrible the East is, New York City FC can get into second place by only getting like four points. I, I know. It's, it's incredible how tight the bot. It's D.C. and then everyone else. It really is. It really is. But keep it going. I know we, we're tight. We, we most certainly do. Chicago won Seattle. Now, what a heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. Hey, remember that time? It was like in the 92nd minute. I don't remember the time. Don't that even I reference told it. you. Don't even reference it. That it's really, for Seattle, about just a, a handful of players. Stop you remember it. That? I don't remember. I remember that. I don't remember at all. What's amazing is You've that never said I that. feel like the coach said the same thing. You were telling me that there was a quote. It was the it was the GM. Oh, excuse me. I it's thought it was GM. Oh, it's from Lagerway. You're right. I'm Lagerway sorry. Was I was going to say it was from Siggy. That that these kind of losses are probably are good. actually good for Seattle. They're motivational. They should because be. they're motivational, and they show these other guys that hey, when Dempsey and Martins aren't here, you need to step up. Yeah. And knowing Lagerway and his experience in RSL, and knowing Seattle's very extensive and very impressive academy system. Yeah, they'll replace you. They they a hundred percent will. Replace and those you. Seattle fans, those sixty thousand people that up from time to time show up, they're there for a winner. Yeah, they're there for a winner, and you have to be someone who's going to win. New York Red Bulls four and New England Revolution one. What happened to the Revs? I think I think you are going to see the rest of the season. If you're a Red Bull supporter, you're going to see performances like this interspersed with absolutely dreadful performances. Uh, I think they have. They have the personnel to be good, but at the same time, I feel like they don't have that chip on their shoulder that they should have. That they started the season with, frankly. Quick note, Gingers. Yeah. Alex Kibler claims New York Red Bulls will not crack the top ten in the well, support. Let's, let's Hold on, let's take a step back. Stop, stop, stop! I have to do my thing. I know. Alex Kibler claims that the New York Red Bulls will not crack the top ten in the Supporters Shield race. They are currently in eighth place, and if that holds. For the end of the season, Alex Kibler owes me, Jeff Ross, $700,000. I did say that I don't think they're going to finish in the top ten. But the point that I was trying to make is that they're having a mediocre season. I used that word a few times. And, and, and frankly, they started hot, and they have let off the gas. And, and right now, there's a lot of mediocre teams in the East. And, and probably they have the best potential of all those, save for maybe the amount of money that New York City's spending. Save for maybe City, but... They have a lot of potential to be good, but that being said, they're nowhere. I mean, they're nowhere near the top of the table in terms of points per game, and they're nowhere near the top of the table. You know, sorry, you were saying something? No, 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 no. I'm good. Oh. I'm good. What were you going to say? I was saying we have to move on. Oh, we do. It's weird that you have to do that because normally I'm like, that. let's freaking move on here. Come on, we do need to get on to some other stuff. Uh, we, you know, last week postulated a little bit. Postulated about. Everyone's favorite wayward, oh. misguided son, Freddie Adu. Oh, about, you know what, baby? He should come back. I thought it was my son, Stryker Ross. You name your kid Stryker? He's my baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do uh, it. You tried. It was good. I tried real hard. Freddie Adu 
this morning, I think. Uh, in other words, two days ago, for those of you in listener yeah, land. Yeah, stop doing that. Uh, has signed with the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Jeff, is this an improvement over his last team? Yes. It yes. has to be, right? He was playing in the Finnish fourth division. Mm-hmm. NASL is better than that. Absolutely better than that. I would even argue that NASL is better than the Finnish top division. Like that, 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 that the Finnish division is not any good. All right. I don't know if NASL is better than the Finnish top division, but it's they're certainly better than the fourth division. Well, at least we can agree on that. But I'm going to yeah. still claim it's better than the top. All right. So Tampa Bay Rowdies. I had to look into it because I don't follow the NASL closely. They're doing all right. They did yeah, all. Certainly. They did all right. Mm-hmm. They didn't win, but they were in second. Yeah. Which is it bad? Yeah. And this is old coach. An old coach who got something out of him in the past. Now, the past, we're talking about around 2006 slash 2007. It's been a while. He was coaching, what, the U21s, I mm-hmm. believe, at the time? But he was able to get something out of Freddie Adu. And Freddie Adu should come back to the U.S. when he is good. By good, I mean healthy. He really can play. He can he can absolutely play. There's always been this question about his mentality. This has been his whole career. There is some sort of mental block there that keeps him There's from becoming what he can be. And it's really sad because the kid, and and I refined this last week, and let me say it in its full statement. I think in terms of raw natural talent, he is probably a top five ever American in raw footballing talent. And, and he just never could put it all together. Can you imagine Freddie Adu with like Landon Donovan's mind? It would be shocking. It'd be horrifying. I mean, that'd be a great player. Landon Don. Well, here's the thing. I, I, let me put it this. Let me say it like this. Can you imagine Freddie Adu with Michael Bradley's mind? Well, that that's someone who will take us right into the World Cup. He, in the, he, in would, the be, he would be. Minimum. He would be one of the greatest players in the world. But, well, bare minimum, the greatest has ever played for the United States. A hundred percent. But that's not what we have, Alex Kim. No, we, that's not what we have. We have so, a guy who can't be coached. We have a guy who decides he has to run away from every situation that he gets to, and it's sad. It's just sad. He's more than played anything. for eleven. Uh, I'm sorry, twelve now with the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Twenty six. But because he's 26, I'm unwilling to write him off. He still has potential. He's he could 26. play in Russia. He could play in the World Cup in 2018. If if he can make something happen. Now, I think, actually, Tampa Bay is a great fit. I think so, too. I'm I not saying he's going to... Let me, let me back up a second. I'm not... Predicting that that excuse me that Freddie Adu is going to play in the World Cup. I'm not saying He's probably that. not. But that being said, why not? You know what I mean? He he has the talent. If he can put it together, if he can have a good season in Tampa, get a loan or get a sale to an MLS club, find his role and find the coach that makes him play the right way. And that's and the then key. and then frankly, that's most the importantly, can get back into Freddie Adu's good graces. I mean, excuse me, into uh, Jurgen Klinsmann's good graces. He could do it. He has the talent. Let's keep, has him, the let's keep in mind he's never been a Jurgen Klinsmann guy. No. Jurgen has never he Bob Bradley called him in. Yeah. For the Gold Cup. He actually was the best player in that Mexico game. Yeah, I agree. But Bob didn't take him in Norway. Yeah. Speaking and of he Bob. Had, and he had the option. Well, that's why I brought it up. I think that's a great segue. I brought it up. So there was an article in 442 Magazine, and for you genders who are not familiar, this is a very, very popular football magazine mm-hmm. in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get it here. 
You can. You can get it here. They listed the top 50 managers in the world. And there were two Americans on two that list. Two of them. Two. Two. Bruce Arena at number 40-something. I think it was 46 or 47. Which, let's face it, that's, that's pretty good. Bruce Arena is a former U.S. men's national team head coach. Yeah. And also right now coaches the L.A. Galaxy. And I think that's probably a low ranking in terms yeah, of his actual skill level. Yeah, I think it level. is. Considering the personalities he's had to deal with. And that he will continue to deal with, and we will get into that. Well, the thing with, with Bruce Arena, he's not bothered. He doesn't care. He doesn't oh, give a crap of, that you, you rate, how you rate him. He, you, could, he, you could put him at number 6,005. He does he what he does, care. and he's good at what he does. He could. I'm, I'm a firm believer. I don't think he could take it at like one of the very, very top teams in the world. But I think he could take a good team in the world and manage that team well. I think he I could actually, take. I think he could. I think he could take a, a Liverpool. Wow. And, and Everton. I think wow. he could take that level you think of he could team. Take Liverpool. I think he could. He could take that level of talent and have them playing really well. I really do. That's that's far. I would love to go that far. I'm thinking teams more like like Norwich City. No, I, I think he's better. Than I, that. I'm thinking teams like that. Well, no, no, but he would have them punching above their weight. Yeah, but I think a team like that. What I'm saying You're going is, as far as Liverpool, that's that's the ambitious. thing with those teams is that that's that's sort of the upper limit until really your job becomes more about media management than it becomes about football. Frankly, but, and, and and so for me, for me, I think that that's part of it. I really do. Uh, Bob Brad- Bob Bradley. Yeah. Who, I'll admit, I was one of these fans who would say that Bob played boring soccer. He did. Played like really, really boring soccer that I-, I didn't enjoy. But keep in mind, in Europe, he was better celebrated. You know what I mean, Alex Kibler? He was appreciated for what he was. Maybe that's maybe that's a better way to phrase it. Maybe you know, that's they, a better they, they way to very phrase much, it. They very much understand that that's... And, and a lot, there's a lot of managers in England who frankly play that way because they realize it, it will maintain their position in the league that they're in. If, yeah. you're, if you're a manager of a club that has in danger of being relegated, you've got to play defensive, smart football. Very true. Very true. Spain won a World Cup playing like that. They did. They did. So for those juniors who haven't been keeping track, Bob Bradley went on to coach the Egyptian national team, coached them well, but then he ran into the problem, which is just a problem with the Africa Cup of Nations, how it's structured. He basically lost one game, and that ruined it. And they just didn't qualify for the World Cup. That has entirely to do with how that tournament is set up. Yeah. So he lost that job. He's coaching in Norway right now in a team that everyone thought was going to get relegated. Put them in the ninth. This season, they're in second place. 442 Magazine ranks Bob Bradley at number 24 in the world. The thing that blows my mind about this is that there are 20 teams in the Premier League. There are. You have similar numbers of teams in... League One, mm-hmm. Bundesliga, Absolutely. La Liga, Serie A. All, all of these leagues. And he's number 24 in the world. Alex Kepler, we talked about this a little bit last week when it sounded like Preki might be going to Leicester, and then that ultimately did not happen. Though I am curious where Preki is going because he left his job. Yeah. When Bob Bradley finishes his season, which will be in the wintertime, in the winter transfer window. I agree with what you said last week, that there's going to be a team that realizes that they need to let their manager go, whether it's the Premier League, whether it's Liga Un, whether it's whoever, 
whoever it is, they're going to let their manager go, and they're going to say to themselves, I need someone here who's going to take these scrubs or disparate personalities, which Bob Bradley can also handle, and get them to play above what their actual talent exactly. is to keep us competitive. We're not going to win the league. It's over already. Punch above your weight. That's we what need he to does. punch above our weight. And Bob Bradley is a specialist, largely because he came from the United States. Yeah. I'll just you say You have that. to be good at that. You have to be good at that if you're going to be successful in the United States, of getting players to play better, at least as a team, than they should on paper. Yeah. I agree with you. If... His Norwegian season goes the way I think it does, with a finish in the top four, probably in the top two, frankly. Someone's got to come calling. You would hope so. Someone has to come calling, because they'll have some team that's in the relegation zone, you're in the Premier League, you just got promoted, you're close to getting out of the relegation zone, but you're not convinced that this manager's going to make it happen, and you know if you get Bob in, if he's successful, he's a hero, and if he's terrible, you'll say it's because he's an American. You know who I could see him managing? Tell me. Everton. Really? I, I I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't. You have a you have with Everton. You have a situation where they've had seasons where they've really really punched above their weight, and they've also had last season where they really disappointed. And I yeah. think you have you know have a, you have a coach in Roberto Martinez who is fiery. He, he wants this team to play exciting attacking football. Mm-hmm. And I could see if they play as poorly as they did last season. Him getting the axe, and you know what? Those GMs are saying, you know what? We need somebody to right the ship, to steady things, calm things down. He's such a calming presence. Understand how to play this game from the back forward. I could see him getting a job like that. I really could. He could get a job like that. I don't know if it's Everton specifically. I'll say that. But if it he was, get a job if that it was, that's, I don't Tim, think it's that, a reach. that's Tim Howard, who he's coached before. And just a few more thoughts here. Yeah. All right. If he can get Stabek, Stabek, however it's I, correctly I pronounced, <laughs> if he can get them to qualify for either Champions League or Europa League, yeah. he will not actually be able to coach that team there because he's going to be poached. Yeah. If he can get them to qualify. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If he can get them to qualify. We have a very interesting thing. Going on in MLS right now. We've we got do. several interesting things going on. It's a great time to be alive so in this league. It's transfer season right now. Crazy season. And if, Gingers, if you're new to the league, which I don't blame you. I could see why you would be new to the league. And first of all, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for, Thank for, you for participating in, in the crazy in. fest that is Major oh, League so Soccer. Crazy. If you're new to the league, maybe this seems like normal, standard operating procedure to you. But the type of signings that happened before this season started and the ones we're about to talk about... It's amazing. This would not have happened as recently as two years ago. Mm -hmm. It has been insane. We'll break down the list in a moment, but we have to address a very big signing we've been talking about before. I have. I know you have as well. The LA Galaxy have formally announced that Gio Dos Santos, a Mexican international, is now an LA Galaxy man. Alex Kibler, your thoughts? I think, first and foremost, this cements LA. It cements their position in the fandom hierarchy in this league. They already had a lot of fans because they had Landon Donovan. They, they, they've had David Beckham. They've had Robbie Keane. And I will tell you... 
if you are if you were a LA Galaxy executive, I think, and this might be a bold statement. Overall, at the end of things, you probably went home and you thought that David Beckham could have gotten you more fans. Mm, interesting. I okay. think that you think that that could have been a bigger deal than it was. It was a huge it was deal a at first. Huge deal. It was a huge deal at first. It was a huge deal. But that being said, Beckham, in a league like MLS where the, the quality of signings continue to improve as things go forward, David Beckham was a hell of a player. But that being said... He, I don't think he 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 brought a lot of lasting national attention on that team. Mm. I think they were a hot thing for a minute. Here's the thing: you have at least you have millions of Mexican American immigrants in this country who are now going to become LA Galaxy fans because of the level of involvement of a Gio Dos Santos and and. and you know, we'll talk a little bit about it here in a second, but like the rumor is Chicharito as well. There are some rumors. I I think that first of all, putting aside all on field benefits of having a player of Dos Santos's caliber, which he's going to be amazing, having having Robbie Keane, Gio Dos Santos, Steven Gerrard, Janino, Jossie Zardes. All in the same field at the same time, same field, is, same time is horrifying. If you're in the Western Conference right now. But that being said, I think fan-wise, marketing-wise, this is a tremendous signing. Now, I went on this rant in a previous podcast yeah. about how Gio Dos Santos is almost the perfect signing. Second for only LA. to maybe Chicharito. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be who I would pick first. Yeah, uh, I understand that maybe the dollars and cents don't make sense. For, well, for I don't LA think positionally then. it makes sense. Well, yeah, I, like, I think where, if you where, where have Robbie Keane already and, well, and you where, have... Yeah, where do you throw you know, Chicharito? Where do you throw him? Like, what happens there? What yeah. happens there? Yeah. But Gio Dos Santos on this team, phenomenal signing. On the field, I don't even have a concern. No, of course not. He has already proven it in Europe. I, I'm, I'm not concerned at all. This, this is a marketing bonanza. I know that is such a like cynical and callous way to look at this, but you will sell season tickets because Gio DeSantos is on this team. He is in Los Angeles. He's 26 years old. You are clearly making a statement here that you want to build your team around Gio DeSantos. I love Robbie Keane. Don't get me, lo- get me wrong. Steven Gerrard's going to be great. These dudes are not playing for that much longer. Yeah. And they just aren't. It's a signing for the future. I believe he's signed through the 2019 season. He's a young man. He's 26. He's 26 years old. He's he's definitely going to play in the World Cup next year. Oh, cycle. absolutely. Miguel he, Herrera is going to call him in. He's yeah. already in the World Cup. I'm sorry, the Gold Cup. Yeah. Goodness. I, I, think, I think this can be... This might wind up being a more important signing, if we look at it 20 years from now, than David Beckham. Oh, bold stance. As a player. As a player. Bold stance. Now, obviously, David Beckham brought in the DP rule, which is is very important. And obviously, that has completely changed the league. But I'm saying in terms of adding one player to your fan base and to your team, I'm going to say right now I think Gio DeSantos is a bigger signing. You sell out the StubHub Center. For Gio DeSantos. Of course you do. People are going to pay attention to the LA Galaxy because Gio DeSantos is there. And this is a very important thing. Very important. 
LAFC is coming in two seasons, yep. and they yep. have a very strong ownership group. Yep. They're going to have a stadium much closer to the downtown core of LA. You need to make statements now if you're the LA Galaxy. Yes, you have five MLS Cups. Yes, you have history, but you also know that soccer is still a new and young thing in the United the States. The thing you have to understand about this signing is that if they didn't have Robbie Keane, if they didn't have Steven Gerrard, if they didn't have Janini, if they didn't have Giassi Zardes, they had a bunch of no-name guys and Gio Dos Santos, they would still sell that building out every week. We're sell That's that all out. you have sell to that know. Building out. And I'll tell you right now, Alex Kibler, I may have to pick up a two Saints jersey. You, I, I mean, might I, have to do, do it. it, man. Can I just go through a list of what we're looking at just this season? Yeah. For these designated players. Andrea Pirlo? Got Pirlo. We have Frank Lampard. Yeah, baby. We have David Villas. Yeah, man. Kaka. Well, he was last year, technically. Well, but fair yeah. enough. We have Kaka, who, for some reason, doesn't even get talked about in his playing fantastic. I know, and he's in third place in the Golden Boot race right now. Uh, or fourth. I, whatever. Yeah. He's doing great down in Orlando. Gio DeSantos is now on this team. Uh, on this team, goodness. In the league. You what a time Brad, to be a fan of this Michael league, Michael Bradley's man. here. Josie Altidore is here. Javinko. Mix is here. Sebastian Javinko is here. It's incredible, isn't it? And we're not done! Omar Gonzalez, Matt Beasley. If you're talking about American stars, Graham Zussi, Clint Dempsey, Anthony Martins. This, this, if you have not jumped on the ship, now's the time. Shout it from the rafters. Now is the time. There's also a rumor that Chicharito will be playing for Orlando. Now there are some caveats about that, but Orlando (laughs) apparently is willing to pay him $10 million a year. Now, if you follow other North American sports, that's not that much money. But that is probably more than just about any other team is going to pay Chicharito. What's amazing about this league is that then you can even do that. You you operate in a country where it's more important to pay your players a large amount of money than the, the concept of a transfer fee. You know, in, in Europe, true. The transfer fee is the big. deal. The transfer fee is the big deal. You know, it's the big deal. You there's a lot of players that you pay a lot of money. You know, per week or whatever. But we as a country spend exorbitant amounts of money on player salaries. It's all salary here. And so you know, here's the thing: if you're in a situation like you are, if you're a chicharito, where You'll have a transfer fee, but it won't be astronomical because, I mean, frankly, he hasn't played. He's a, he's at this point, he's a rusty player. He's also but injured, frankly, which is worth pointing out. You can he has pro- like a broken collarbone. Or he something. does, yeah. But like, you can pay him twice what he would get in, in most places in Europe. Hands that's, down, that's hands how down. You do it now, Chicharito, and I understand how he would want to continue playing in Europe because he has something to prove. I get it, but if you come to Orlando, first of all, you're making ten million dollars a year, not bad. Yeah, you're going to start every game. You're yeah. going to play with Kaká. Yeah, that stadium, which is already selling thirty thousand plus every game, it's a great place to watch a soccer game, which we have seen. It's been a great, yeah, it was we a great place, a great time. Which may now sell sixty thousand a game with Chicharito there. They, very much they will be screaming your name, which I hate to say it, Chicharito is, n- is not gonna happen to Real Madrid. I agree. It's not gonna happen to Manchester you United. You are a second fiddle at those two teams. You're second fiddle. Where you or can sixth be, fiddle. You can be the big name, you will have to share the spotlight with Kaká. I think you can manage. Yeah. You will, people will have your jersey on. They're gonna sign your autograph. Oh, and a million times I over. Think Casual fans don't quite understand the value of that, where now you matter. Whereas elsewhere, you're a bench player that no one cares about. You show up in the United States, you're a Mexican international, people are going to show up and cheer your name. I think think simply being 
a Mexican international footballer is underplayed in terms of marketing. I think I think if you if you are a GM in this league, you should you Find should somebody. sign as many Mexican American players as you can. As you Mexican internationals. As oh you my god! Absolutely. Can. Are you serious? Back in the day, MLS would sign these aging yeah Mexican internationals who weren't really Quartan playing. Blanco. Um, uh, oh god, what's his name? He played for. Red Bulls. Well, while you're working on that, are you thinking of Rafa Marquez? Yes, Rafael Marquez. While you're, thank wor- you. while you're working on that, uh, we would sign these aging Mexican national team players, but signing these young Mexican national team players, that's going to get people in the seats. Yeah. That's going to get people to care. I love the Gio Dos Santos signing. And frankly, Gingers, by the time you hear this podcast, maybe something has happened with Chicharito one way or the other. But if you are the Houston Dynamo, you've got to be happy with Kubo Torres. And if I'm any other GM, I'm going to look. I'm going to look. Yeah. So we've got some games coming up. We most certainly do. We've got some games coming up. Now, we don't have time to get into everything. But I know we wanted to chat about FC Dallas, D.C. United. Here's the thing. FC Dallas has very quietly, after having a very poor run of form, won three in a row with results against Orlando City, New England Revolution, and Houston Dynamo. FC Dallas, they, they went through their lull. They're, they're firing on all cylinders right now. And frankly, they're doing it without Blas Perez. They, they, they right now are playing exciting, exciting football. And, and so I think you have, you have a coming together right now of sort of the stalwart, set-piece, you know, sort of uh, reliant, um, very steady-running D.C. United and the, and the all sort of all-cylinders firing FC Dallas team that's playing exciting soccer right now. Very, very true. In the last four games, DC United has scored, uh, has walked away with 10 points out of 12 available. Mm-hmm. That's a very, very good showing. This game is going to be a truth-telling game. Yes. This is going to be a game to let you know, is FC Dallas the real deal? Is DC United the real deal? Whoever walks out of there with a win is going to prove... I shouldn't say a win. Whoever walks out of there with a better technical performance is going to prove who is really a contender here. And I'm going to say something here, Alex, that you're not going to like. This game has draw written all over it. It really does. It really does. I'm taking a high-scoring 2-2 on this. Here's, Here's my thing. I think the biggest change is that FC Dallas has tightened up their defense. They've allowed one goal in their last four matches. Which is impressive, but look at who they're playing. You know who else has allowed one goal in their last four matches? Tell us. DC United. There what? you that's, go. That's a combination right there. Uh, and so that's what game, I would tell you is, I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. I think it's going to be a draw as well. I think 1-1 slightly lesser scoring. I, I, I but, think but it has draw written all over it. Very it much. It really does. But the thing to pay attention to, Ginger's on this, even if it ends up being a draw, look at how they're playing. Yes. Look at what's happening technically in this game. And you have two teams that are going to make the playoffs, oh, frankly. They're both I mean, going to make the playoffs. Uh, well, DC, I know mathematically they haven't clinched because it's way too early But in they the may season. as well have clinched, yeah. They're, they're gonna, they're gonna I agree clinch. with you. They're going to be in the playoffs. FC Dallas is the only one you could have like question marks about. Yeah. But come on. Come on. Portland at home. Against Vancouver Whitecaps Saturday night, July 18th. That's on TSN, RDS2, and Root Sports Northwest. No, you gingers who have been here for a long time, you know Cascadia matches are always worth watching. Cascadia! Wow. That's the theme song. That's the, is that the Cascadia theme? theme? No, the Cascadia I mean, it is now. I mean. Those are always worth watching because they're entertaining. 
uh, this is going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game, Portland, uh, Vancouver. Yeah. But I got to take Portland in this. Portland's at home. And they're coming off a loss that they shouldn't have had. Yeah. And that's why I think Portland's going to walk out of here with a 2-1 in Providence Park. I, the thing with Vancouver, they're inconsistent. They, they don't draw a lot of matches. In fact, they haven't drawn a match in the last 10 matches. That's a weird but interesting It's statistic. amazing. In this league where we have so many draws, so many draws. It's, it's It used amazing. to be worse, Gingers. It used it, to be it's worse. It's really incredible. Vancouver's lost two in a row. They, 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 went, they, they played sporting tough, lost that match. Colorado snuck one past him. Frankly. I was surprised actually that they did not beat Colorado. <sighs> I thought I, I think I even predicted that as a win. I think you did too. I think it really depends on how Portland's going to come out. So this might be a conditional, if you will. I think Vancouver can win this match. I'm going to say Vancouver two, Portland Timbers one. I really think that's going to be the case. You are paid by the province of British Columbia. I they wish pay you. Other matches bills. this weekend: Gingers, LA Galaxy at home Friday night against San Jose's California Classico. It's we on can't Uni dig Moss. into it, but try to watch it, guys. It's going to be, be a, a good tremendous. one. And Steven Gerrard's more than likely first MLS match: Toronto FC at home against Philadelphia. That should be a fun one. New England at home against New York City might be the first match of Frank Lampard. We'll worth see how noting, he plays on that that noting. turf. Orlando at home against New York Red Bulls. Sporting Kansas City at home against Montreal. Uh, Seattle at home against Colorado. Colorado sneakily p- putting some results together right now. Should be a fun match. Uh, RSL at home against Houston and Columbus at home against Chicago. That's on Sunday night. The Battle of the Midwest. There it is. That should be a lot of Who fun. Who is the king I'm of Central Time? I also have to take hashtag Kai Kamara is having a hell of a season right oh, now. Oh, 12 goals. Top of the golden boot standings right now. And he has looked better than he ever has playing for anybody. Now, I know, Gingers, we did not have enough time to get into the whole All-Star game kerfuffle. Hopefully, well, we'll be able to speak to it in a little more detail. But... Gerard and Lampard making that team. You don't have to play a minute to play in the All Star game. It's ridiculous. I, come to me. on, if folks. you're Kai Kamara, you got to be livid. And, and, and or if you're Javinko, we didn't make. Well, if you want to make a fun, if you want to make a fun visual, like sort of a media thing, do it, man. Do it. That's fine. I, I understand that. But don't call it an All Star game. Call it an exhibition. That's all I'm saying. Bare minimum, can they have least have played one minute of MLS matches? One would hope. We'll get into it some other time. We just we ran out of time. We ran long. I'm sorry. We'll Gingers. talk about it next week, Gingers. Uh, except we won't because I'm going to be gone. We that's right. We have to figure that whole thing out. You're going to be away. You're going to bu- going to be briefly in Iowa riding a bike for some reason. I am for two days. For two and then days. I'm playing golf. And then you're going to play golf against your own family members to win a trophy. It's a bloodbath. Oh. <laughs> It's an absolute bloodbath. The things I want to say that we can't put on the podcast. Okay, but we have one more thing we have to talk about before we get to quiet time with Jeff. Yes. Gingers, last week we asked you guys to send us suggestions on what we should name the theme song Mm -hmm. of this podcast. We talked about it last week. I I, I wrote the theme song. I I decided when we started making this show, we need a theme song. It can't be something that we found. It needs to be original. It should be our own thing. We had a theme song. I recorded a little thing. I sent a couple versions to Jeff. He picked one, and that's what we went with. And that's our our show theme right now. That's our show theme. Um, So we, we realized, though, that we don't have a name. 
And so we and asked someone, someone asked us about the name. They of did. It. They did on, on, on Periscope. By fair, so that's what prompted this whole thing. Um, so we put out the the wire to send us some of our the favorites. Wire. We put out the and we wire. and we've narrowed it down to a handful. Okay. All right. So, so let's, let's run through them. Just a, just a couple of them that that seem pretty strong. Your your choice as gingers is to help us vote on what is your favorite name for that song. And so here's what we came up with. We first being and you. foremost. It, oh no. You, yeah. We being well, you, I mean, the gingers. Exactly. I, I yes. also contributed the vote, but yes. Um, first of all. Lest we forget a phrase I use far too often. Oh man! Frankly, it, it's, it sounds the one more I reverent than it is. That's the one I want. Our friend Josh Carter sent us that one, so thank you, Josh, for that one. Josh Carter, through some Twitter stalking that I did, apparently is a new father. Congratulations! Congratulations to, to Josh! Congratulations thank to you, Josh! Congratulations! For good you, for you, man! Good, you 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 um, did it. So you prove you know a woman. Vote number uh, Jesus. Vote in number the one. Sense. So the first option. In the biblical lest sense, we Josh. forget. Now and now we're going to go to the, the the picks here. My pick. Jeff is almost famous. Of course, <laughs> that one sent to us from Chris. Uh, thank you very much for that, Chris. That's my that's my that's favorite. Your favorite. I'm still taking lest we forget. We got to have one funny. more. We gotta have one more of these. There were some really solid well, ones sent out. There was a part of me that really liked the person who suggested we name the song "Theme Song." <laughs> it's pretty solid. I I think I know what you're gonna pick, and that is the "War on Alex Alex" theme song. <laughs> that is pretty strong as well. "War right. on Alex" theme song. There's something in my that warms my heart about "Lest We Forget." Okay, but we got also. Put up the I, I suggested Alex's lament, which no one picked. We've got to pick. We got to send it to the gingers. So, gingers, if you have a preference for this, please, please, please tweet at us using hashtag SRTheme. We're at Straight Red Pod and at Jeff is Famous and Alex is Kibler. We'll count votes to all of these. Send us an email, straightred at iCloud.com, um, or get us on, on Instagram. That's a Straight Red Podcast. Any any message that you send with us with with hashtag sr theme, tell us which one you like. The options are once again option one, lest we forget. Option two, Jeff is almost famous. Whoa! And, and option three, <laughs> War on Alex theme song. Whichever of these you prefer, let us know. Send us a, a, a message on social media, and we will tally those messages and let you guys know when I get back from vacation what is the winner. This has been this is a fun thing. I like this, this context. Thing. It's going to be great. Yeah. We're engaged. Um, we, Your we girlfriend engaged would be with proud the public, of us. With the public. She'd be proud of us. We, we have a call to action. You know what else is, is a call to action? Yes. Quiet time with Jeff. It's everyone's favorite moment. A lot of people do like quiet time I with Jeff. I think so. You say it like no one likes it. I think, that, I think there's I'm people I'm just hoping like no one likes it. It's now time. Which was your segment, by the way. I you created came up this, with this for some freaking reason. I don't know. I don't know. For time, quiet time with Jeff. Jeff, what do you have for the gingers out there tonight? Sometimes yeah. you'll find yourself in a crowded subway platform <laughs> and an opportunity arrives in the form of a subway train and you have to make a choice. <laughs> Do you abandon your friend to the wilds? <laughs> and the answer is yes. He abandoned me. Go forth in soccer. That's what, ha- that's what happened. It happened. <laughs> I was abandoned. It took you 20 minutes to get here. And now, and now, don't dream it's over. And now, and now, when the world comes in.
Put a wall between us. I don't know all the words, so I have to wait for you, you to do it. You know they won't win. I'm willing to do it. You like that. I like that. We I should have a duet, good. and if Dixie gives us notes, we'll say, what do you know about singing? <laughs>